0: Okie dokie folks, welcome to the Roots Report Podcast presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SE Microphones. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have Bob Cowsell, member of the legendary band The Cowsells. The Cowsells have just released their first new album in decades. The CD, Rhythm of the World, contains 11 new original Cowsells songs that showcase the trademark family vocal style of the band.
1: Something is coming.
0: Like something is coming. Like something is coming. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Where are you in Central Time? I thought you were in California or something.
2: I am, but we have been performing in a Christmas show in Branson, Missouri every night, Monday through Saturday since November 1st. The Cow Sills? Yeah, and it goes to December 9th. Oh, really? <laughs> Part of a bigger variety type show, Christmas show. Uh, think old-fashioned uh, craft music TV Christmas special. Oh, like that Kind of so like we, you used uh, to do
0: When you were kids on TV
2: Right here Right back At that t- TV show Yes Cool It's, it's a boot it's a So I'm <laughs> loving it It's fun
0: Well that's yeah. great That you're out doing stuff I mean you were With the Happy Together yes. Tour All summer
2: Yep That was 57 cities And then we did our September gigs And here we are For six weeks With a full book year coming
0: also. Wow! Yeah, I was uh I was really trying to get you for the Rhode Island Folk Festival this year, and the Happy Together Tour ended just a day too late for that. It was
2: just off. It was close. Yeah, was close.
0: yeah. but but you are coming to Rhode Island in in the the midwinter, aren't you?
2: February 11th in Cranston is this benefit for the Rhode Island uh Rockwell Hall of Fame. Right, right. We're part of that. We're. In the lake, in the yeah, that was post yeah.
0: it was supposed yeah. to be like this past week or something though, wasn't it? Wasn't it originally like
2: Yep, yeah, the internet got flooded and they had it postpone it.
0: Yeah, that's a shame. So you guys are back at it full steam now. This is really the first time you've been so strong at it in a long time, haven't you?
2: I think you're correct. I mean we're on the road now and that's good. Uh, we're fortunate uh, because the audiences are still there, uh, clearly, and uh, we're branching into some newer territory and got a new album out, and I don't know, It's uh, Tony Bennett did it. We're thinking maybe we'll be the Tony Bennett of our generation. We'll have a second career here.
0: Well that's that's great. I mean I I met you and all of you folks back uh, well I think i met Susan first. I'd met her at a solo show because I saw her. she came around a couple of times I saw her there. And then you had the um, the family band movie. You had a premiere of that movie in Providence. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. I met you, Paul, uh, Susan and Richard that night.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh that was that was very cool the way you did it. The uh, the film ended and the screen came up and you folks started playing.
2: Yeah, we had a fun time uh, going on that. It's a world unto itself, the world of the documentary.
0: Oh I'm sure. It was a very good documentary. It was it was depressing in parts because of what you folks went through, but it was it was well, very that, good.
2: That's right. That's like look, our story was not too unusual. Uh, it was just we were in public and it was more cute than others uh but doing that, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, it had a good run too. Ran a couple of years on Showtime, and I don't know. I guess it was good to
0: do. Yeah, I've watched it a couple of times, and I hopefully it turned a few folks on to your to music because uh, you know I've always liked the Carl I mean, I was. I mean, you're gonna laugh, but yeah, the I mean, I you know I'm you're you're probably ten years older than me. Maybe I, I don't know how old you are, but you're about. I know me and Susan are about the same age.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're so young.
0: Yeah, I think we're I think she's yeah. like a month older than me or something and we're very close yeah. in age. And you know, I used to I remember your music from the sixties, but I used to watch the Partridge family and that was what I, I'm a musician and that was I have a couple of reasons for starting to play music and the Partridge family was one of them. <laughs>
2: Whatever floats your boat or gets you going, you know? That's what I say. Cause, uh, people that make it look fun are making it look how it is. It's fun. Uh, yeah,
0: it's. I, I don't really admit that too much, Rarely I'm admitting it on my
2: podcast now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. You should be a man now, all right?
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because I'm talking to Billy Mooney in a couple of hours, too. And uh, he was another reason why I started playing guitar, because I saw him play
2: guitar on Lost in Space. Hey, and listen, he never stopped. Okay? No! That guy is prolific. He writes and records, and he never stopped.
0: And he plays with your brother, John, sometimes.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a artist unto himself. Right.
0: I, I did meet your brother, John. I, I opened for the Beach Boys a few years back, and I met him. Uh, cool. I never got. You know, it's kind of funny because we've—I've been in the musical community of Rhode Island all my life, and I knew I had friends that were friends with Barry, but I never, never actually got to meet Barry. He was a friend of my friend J.P. Jones, and they used to hang out. But I somehow never got to meet Barry.
2: Yeah, to catch him when he was around, I'll call it, because he could disappear for lengths of times, and if you didn't catch him, uh, you missed him. Then you had to wait for him to come around again. Hmm. That's how he rolled
0: so you've got this new cd out rhythm of the world now what i mean i know like i said you guys are it seems like you've had this big resurgence you're 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 busy and stuff and was that the reason you decided to put out a cd after all this time or was it or you just felt it was time that it's been long enough since you've put out a cd and such
2: yeah it's more that because my sister susan uh, god bless her and you need young people around you all the time really it's good that she's here he's hounding us to do a record i'm talking 20 years ago <laughs> and we're going why 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 you know we, we did cocaine drain in the 70s cool in the 90s and, and i guess we were due for one but you know there was i don't know anyway back then it was like why and we were a traveling band and having a good time doing shows. we had no song but about three years ago you know around this happy together in the summer and that's like 57 you're, season you're in two buses and you're tight. It's a tight tour. You're together and it's rigorous. And we started writing songs. And really, the only time we ever went in and made a record is if we wrote songs and songs for it. Otherwise, why bother? Right. We go look at So, because we knew so it wasn't always old food write these songs before you get a record label and have a hit. I mean, come on. Uh, so that's not that's not how you think anymore. Right, you, it's can't, it's... Nutty. you can't. You're nutty if you do. Right. Uh, but we have these songs. We started this kind of Kickstarter type of program with Quench Music to fund it, and that went south. It went bankrupt before with everybody's money. Nobody got money. Yet. Uh, but we met our executive producer, Ross Positano, at the same time. And this guy came in and said, you know what? This stuff's good. Let's, let's do this. And got us into the studio at Dockside in Louisiana and we made this record. And we're glad we did. We had written 11 songs on that summer tour. Uh, very inspiring out there. And we just started writing as a trio and it just all happened real quick. And we thought, let's go in and record these. And we did. And then we actually did get a record label um, for recording. And actually, Duke did get a release date on September 30th. And we're going, hey, this is kind of crazy. Hmm. Because, you know, you're not not counting on anybody or anything at this point. Okay, you're just in there doing a good job, doing what you do, and you hope people like it when you don't. And that's as complex as you can get uh, in terms of that part of it. You just do what you do the best you can, and if people like it, you're in luck. If they don't, then they didn't you know get over it uh so we're getting good reaction people are liking this we're glad and it is part of a big plan that seems to be we're touring a lot uh doing a lot of press and interviews and performances and getting out there and meeting people it's it's kind of a cool thing
0: Mm, it is it's 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 kind of it's kind of odd because you you know you you guys had that huge fame in the late 60s and then you know you kind of went away for a you know, well, you didn't go away completely, but you know, you just kind of faded out and just did your things. You know, you all kind of did separate things. You went out and got a real job too, didn't you?
2: Well, we did separate things. You are correct about that. You
0: had a medical them. job in the medical field or something.
2: Yeah, we did some uh, computer uh, software kind of work and uh, for emergency department. Um, Susan Solo never quit. Solo never quit either. I mean, I sang in a pub for twenty eight years.
0: Yeah, I saw that at the Which beginning was, of the movie.
2: Okay, so that was like you know in the heyday of those 28 years that's like five nights a week and then it's three nights a week then it's just Friday and Saturdays and then it's over <laughs> you know I mean now that's four nights a week that's rigorous
0: yeah but no I know I do it it's tough <laughs>
2: it's fun you know you know you do 50 songs people go 50 though you wouldn't believe it oh yeah how can you do 50 well we got in and out quick back then most songs are three minutes you know we didn't belabor it too much we did disappear and, and collectively you know we, we did a couple of things and John made a career move with the Beach Boys he said, "Yes, I'll be your drummer." I mean, that's a catalog that doesn't stop. It, they go all over the world all year long. I mean, it's just beautiful that your, your music caused that to happen. I mean, we have our level of it, you know, and we're very fortunate. And, and uh, but you know, there's a number of bands on one hand, the Eagles, the Beach Boys, the Fleetwood Mac that, that they play McCartney. They, they run out of time, not songs. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we we have three or four hits in our shows, an hour and a half. Right, that's the challenge say we do
0: (laughs) so when you're out on the happy together tour i mean is it one of those things like the old 60s tours where you'd come out and play like four songs and that was it
2: you nailed it there's six groups. there's four or five hits each you're gonna get 30 hit records by the time you go home by the original artist up to original as as original as they can be i mean if there's no vogues around anymore and the catalog survives you got three guys singing the vogues, you know right so even we've lost three brothers. So all of the, they call us legacy bands now, by the way, all of the legacy bands are missing original members. Some have no original members. Right. But it's a testament to the songs and the power of all these songs from the 60s that never go away. No, they, no. they great. It's great they music. They fuel the Happy Together tour. They fuel it. You think anyone's going to the Happy Together shows to see 70-year-olds do anything? <laughs> Please. come on i mean let's get real here it's the song the songs are powerful oh my god they're they're sustaining all of us
0: right right no it's i mean the rain the park and the other and the other things is i'm not kidding when i say it's one of my all-time favorite songs that
2: it it became one of my favorite recordings i mean of a good song for sure but i just think over time that, that stands the test pretty well over time some of this stuff you know mm, it's a I it's a
0: beautiful that. song i love it it's just whenever i i it get is. goosebumps whenever i hear that and sometimes i will just put it on repeat <laughs> And just listen to it over and over again because it's such a great song. And you guys, I mean, the harmonies of the cow cells were what the what you guys had was the trademark harmonies. And you've you've captured that in the new album.
2: Well, we did do that. I agree because it's always been about our harmonies and our vocals. And we we were loose in the candy field, the vocal candy field on Rhythm of the World because we were in there. I mean, there's no pressure. You know, there's nobody from Almond Board Recordings in the booth. You know, say, hey, we got a deadline. What are you guys doing? Let me hear what you're doing. Is it good? We just did. What but we do. And it ended up so good. It was just, we worked with Justin Tocco, a great engineer, Frank Filippetti, a great mix engineer, mixed it, great cowboy mastered it. It, it. It's a winner and, and we're really appreciative of it and we're real proud of it. Now now, look, does that transfer into sales and charts and God, we don't even know how it works anymore today. You hope it does and we'll see what happens. It's only been out a month uh, and a week, about five, six weeks uh, so, you know, it's a different ball game today and we're learning all about it and it, it's kind of fun actually. So we're, we're still glad to be here.
0: I mean, I don't think anybody knows how it works anymore, actually, because you've got so many. It's diversified over so many different formats, the and
2: the one thing that's never changed and won't. Uh, and you could argue this because a lot of songs you hear are, are, are not good song in your opinion, but it's just your opinion. But it has to start with good song, good music, and, and if that's not there, you can forget the rest. Right. but if that's there then you've got a battle on your hand now right. you're measuring up but so are others and the fight for the space look it's called the top ten <laughs> you know what I mean there's not much space out there uh, so everyone's got to fight and do what you can do and it, it's a blast it's a great business Oh,
0: Oh no, I've been in it for thirty-five years. I know you it. You uh, know how it is. It's you it's. It, it is a yeah. tough one. It, it's um, the music on this CD. I mean, you've got songs. I mean, you've got the Nuclear Winter song, which is pretty apropos for these days because everything that's happening over in Ukraine and Russia—that's a little scary. That's a little uh, topical. Well, but, the
2: thing with Nuclear Winter it's like you can blow it up or you don't have to do that. Right. But it is an option and we wanted to present, you know, you can do this but there's other suggestions on the album instead of that.
0: Right. You know, you've got the song Katrina which I know had an impact on all of you because of Barry and because, you know, Susan living down there and
2: the whole thing with Katrina, yeah, with writing Katrina, recording Katrina in Louisiana. Um, it was I, I we admit that was a tough one. Uh, and most songs they're not top they're top challenges you know to record the arrangements correctly and do the best you can for the song you wrote but Katrina was tough on a, another level that was unusual for all of us it's very personal it's like a musical memorial you know to bury right passed in that hurricane that's a different uh yeah that was real emotional you know i have to admit that no, all of us admit that that was an emotional experience
0: but i mean overall the cd's you know has a positive kind of vibe to it you have got to get up lend a hand uh, rhythm of the world they're all you know they're all kind of happy up songs and you know and
2: well, that yeah even with the lyric uh our sound is happy right our harmonies are positive sounding even if you're singing about nuclear winter you know we're trying to musically the message musically is this is all going to work out, okay? That's our, our message musically. This is all going to work out. It's going to be rough, and it is rough, but it's going to be okay. We're not going to blow up the planet. The planet will get rid of bugs before we can ever get rid of the planet. Believe me. And so, But we think everything's okay. We just have to love each other and, and lend a hand. Our real message is that.
0: Hmm. Now it's it seems that Paul is credited for the, the composer of most of the songs. You have one, Susan has one and your wife even has a song out
2: here. Yeah Mary and I wrote we wrote most of our songs from our other piece of work called Global. and this uh, song every little Secret was from back then and uh, we hadn't recorded it and we always wanted to record every little secret. I finally got to, I very pleased with it. Um, most of them were written by the three of us and, and that was the magic that we discovered was when the three of us could write together we uh we're writing some pretty good songs and they're on there so we're pretty excited about about that and god bless anybody who hears it and thinks it's good we love you for it uh like i said we're not naive we we know who we are and where we've been and where we are uh, but this is still an amazing world and this is an amazing thing that's going with us traveling so much and performing so much and getting a record out it's like wow this is pretty cool
0: I'm sure you look at it a whole lot different than you did when you were a kid, though. I mean, in the 60s, you know, you probably had a lot more energy and, you you know, you probably got up to some mischief and, you know, things. I mean, you were doing, I mean, you did the Johnny Cash show. You did, uh, I mean, you did did every major
2: TV show there was. We did them, we met them all. It it was a great and look, you're right, you're young, so you're you're kind of, I mean, look, we got dropped by two labels before the Rain the Park and other things. We got a third yes, and we know how fortunate we were to get that third yes, because if you're dropped from two labels and put out four records, I, look, we're in high school and grade school, but it's still significant that this is happening to us. By the time I'm a junior in high school, man, my credibility was like, my self-esteem was like nothing because everything was rejected that we had done so far. And then MGM gives us a third shot. Of course, they're going to come in the band because they're going to put mom in the band because us and everybody else back then thinks we're the Beatles. We're going to be the Beatles or the Stones, and we're going to do that. That's what our group's going to do. And uh, that wasn't working because everyone was doing that. And, and we understand getting mom in, you know, and taking it to MGM. And that, that kind of ended up where it got a hit. Okay, mom's in the group, you know.
0: I'm sure that was awkward for you at, at some points during the during your time.
2: It was disastrous. I mean, it, not, in, not in the long run. At the time, okay, we're dropping two labels. We've had bombs. We're not doing anything. It's not working, okay? And they sit us down and say, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put your mother in your group. Now, look, we're teenage guys. It's not working already. Well, you might as well blow it up if it's going to do that. It's our <laughs> attitude. you know I mean, you're putting who in this group? no one does that, but we did what we were told you know we we had a uh, a cantankerous father and, and said, look, kudos to them. It was a good idea, and it worked. okay. I'm just explaining at the time what it was like, hmm. and now it's a great story. It's a great history. I mean the archers family's going to going to mirror it. you know it's so good right uh, so We're appreciative and it's all wonderful. But if you take us to the day it happened, um, you might as well, we thought, you might as well just forget this is this is ridiculous. And then son of a gun, right? <laughs> hey, look, I'm 17. You know, you don't put my mother anywhere near me. Never mind in my rock band. Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, it was crazy.
0: That must have hobbled a lot of fun you were gonna have. But I see that. I mean, your brother Billy got got kind of in trouble with Waddy once. Waddy Wattel and. That's how it got kicked out of the band.
2: You well, fo- Waddy was in a local, yeah, Waddy Watel was in a local band when we were a local band in Newport. We were kids, all kids in high school. And he had the band with the Hammond B3 and they did the Rascals and we were the Beatle band, okay? And we checked each other out, we became very good friends, childhood friends. But Waddy, but Waddy yeah, and Bill were a couple of, here's my older brother, he's oldest in the family, I mean, these guys were a couple of couple of tough rock and rollers is what they're going to be, uh, you know? So they bonded, we all bonded but, Today, we're friends with Lottie. I mean, he's like a brother... Um, but he went through some of the craziness that we were all going through back in the, when we were all kids he knew our dad
0: was Waddy from Newport yeah oh I didn't know By that way. oh yeah
2: he he was there the whole time we were there with our band up at the MK he was playing down at Dorian's with his band oh uh, I, I didn't know that I always, oh yeah. yeah I always
0: thought he was a California guy because he hooked, you know because he's the you know I mean, he's the preeminent session player with you know Stevie okay. Nicks and James Taylor yeah oh. he was a good friend
2: look we brought him to
0: California
2: the band he was in was called twice nicely when we moved to California. And then we made it, right? So, oh wow, we made it. Well Wadi can make it too. So he was playing in the club in Vermont and my dad and our other manager went up and lured him to California. Big things were gonna happen for Wadi in California. It didn't work out with us. We thought his band we wanted him to record his band that he had at the time and figured he could make it too, you know, kind of thing. But we had his history was going to become what it was going to become. And mm. it's very cool. Yeah, very cool.
0: When you guys started out it's I read I read that the uh, the, the whole metamorphosis of the, the cow sills Kind of happened at King's Park one day How that, it kind of It was it was like a visual thing Where you started out at King's Park one day Doing the just yeah, the four was, of you it, And by the end the of the show was it was everybody
2: Yeah, it was everybody But that was what was odd about it So none of us can remember we're kids <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm in the 10th grade, I don't know what's going on. Who's on stage now? You know, I mean, I've been doing this since I was seven. By the time I'm in the 10th grade, Bill and I, uh, and Barry and John, had formed this foursome in the family. You know, it could be the Beatles and play Beatles songs, which we did very well. But at King's Park, they had a festival. And for some reason, our whole family played in it. My mom was up there falling, and People that were in the foursome were in it. And uh, I-, I can't remember why, I think it was just for good fun. Uh, we had sung with our mom before. In Ohio in the late 50s, uh, Bill, myself, and her entered a contest at our grade school and won it singing rock and roll in ocean, which no one's going to know uh, the song, but that's what we sang. Anyway, so there's a history of singing with mom before she came in to MGM and the Rain Park and other things. But it was never serious. It wasn't like, it was crazy, you know. It was a one-off to us. It was like, oh, mom, okay, well, whatever. Okay, mom this night, whatever. <laughs> you know, you're not doing her that way. Right. As a fellow artist. <laughs> we were going to, but not not at King's Park when we all just went down for a festival. Although it was pretty good, but no one no one was looking at it going, Oh wow, the whole family's up there. That's unusual. That that's he just kinda did it and went home. It was no big deal. But it was a big deal in, in the history of the family is what you that's what you don't know is going on.
0: Mm. Well, and you guys lived in, you had a, well, they called it a mansion in Newport for a while. You lived down in Newport?
2: Yeah, right above Kings Park, right above that park, up the hill, right above it. We lived mm. in Gallatin Hall, and yeah, it was a big old gothic, I call it a mansion, I'll tell you that, and uh, it was a cool place. It was a very cool place. We were there during my junior and senior year in high school, and we're going to hit it big and have to move to New York. and then eventually to California, actually, when the whole, the whole business moved to California in sixty eight sixty nine from New York.
0: We went with it. Uh, Susan lives in, in New Orleans with Russ now, and they, and they were together in the uh, the Continental Drifters with Vicki Peterson from the uh, the Bangles and Peter Hulsapple. yeah. Around there. Yep. And uh, I had right talked there. to Peter a couple of months ago. He was coming through town, and I remember the Continental Drifters. And like I said, you guys have been doing music through and little projects and, and all around for the whole time, right. even well, though you kind of weren't in the limelight. You've been playing music all the time all the time
2: all the time never stopped uh whether it's in the public eye or you're doing it at your local pub for 28 years and uh it's a good it's a great gift to be given let me tell you it's great to share it and it's a wonderful thing to do perform for shows and concerts and stuff we're very very happy and grateful for that
0: now, when you were playing in the in the local pub for twenty eight years, how did that did that feel odd after having done all this really cool stuff as a young kid, and then it just seems like you had this brush with fame, and now you you know you're playing in a bar and um,
2: sure, it, it had that feel of uh, you know that that was another life almost my my high school and fame five years about five. Good five year run we had there. But, you know, I'm not naive. I mean, nothing lasts forever. And, and when you live through the decline, you get an understanding of, of all of it. Then you just get on with your life. Now, look, I got brothers who are dead because they had trouble getting on with their life, okay? After something like that. The fall is acute. And, and the fall from something like that is so complete. You had everything and then you had nothing. So, I, how you react to that's going to, you're going to have to figure that out. That's just a personal thing. And it happens to many people where you had everything and then you had nothing. And, and when you end up that way, you got to figure things out. It takes time and patience.
0: Did people know who you were? Were there people who knew who you were when you were playing in this bar? Or were you kind of anonymous? That-
2: no, very often people would know. We did we did very well. And, and look, a lot of that is because my last name is Cowsill. Right. I mean, if I'm Bob Sherman, you know, and I'm playing on, I was in the councils. I mean, no one's going to put it together, right? But, but the name is so strange, right? Uh, and, and it really, it's the only one over here. So, it, it's, it's me. And yes, it was. And, uh, and so there was a lot of that because of, of that small fact. Uh, but I loved it. That was fine. Yeah, I can sing Rain the Park. Oh, you mean my hit record that had a thirty-piece orchestra and we put so many vocals on there that we're going, how we going to do this live? <laughs> oh, I could do that. I could do that with my acoustic guitar here for you, sure. <laughs> you know, so and and you know, that gets back there. Good songs are good songs. You should be able to play a good song on an acoustic guitar, you know. <laughs> so But sure, quite often they, they knew who I was and Really sure, man. I was honored when they asked her if they remembered
0: hmm. Your wife, is she a musician or did she just get involved in the music because of you?
2: No, she was not She got involved We got into a writing spree back in the 80s and 90s and uh, wrote a whole bunch of songs together uh, and went and recorded them on, on this record global that came out Ninety-eight, But no, other than that, no, nope, just uh, fun to do and, and uh, good with lyrics. And we were there together and got to do, it, do a string of songs. But it was pretty cool. Uh, this time around, it was with Susan and Paul, basically. We were on that tour together. And uh, I usually do it alone, but when I'm, with other people are there and, and you can do that, okay, let's try it. And it worked. It was great.
0: Now, I, I know there's more cow out there because, I mean, Susan has kids. Uh, do you have kids as well?
2: Sure, but second generations, are all over the place. Uh, actually, in the castles band, replacing two brothers, are our two sons. Paul's son, Brendan on uh, guitar, and my son, Ryan, on keyboard. And so it's still a family band. Susan's husband, Russ, is our drummer. So we're still much, uh, very much a family band, yeah. My son Jason, uh, in his own right, a great artist. Uh, Bill's son, Jell, a great artist. His son, Travis, is a a great wig and hair specialist. Uh, Yeah, there's plenty of second generations everywhere.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that, as if they were going to maybe start their own councils band, but if they're part of your councils band, then all they have to do is just do that, and they they can
2: just... Yeah, they're funny. They, you know, they, they talk about it. My son, he goes, I'm in a band with my father and my uncle and my aunt and my cousin. I said, get over it. I was in a band with my mother. I know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: Well, it seems like you folks are big on family. I mean, it's just you've always been very tight. Well, mostly tight. I mean, I know you've had your issues over the years, but...
2: Of course, well, family doesn't, but no, we're fine. We're we're loving what's going on. We're loving performing. We've got cruises and, and Christmas shows. We're very fortunate
0: no I mean I was fortunate to, to have met your brother Bridget which most people never even knew existed because he wasn't in the band right and it's his own story yeah yeah that's that was a sad story and it was you know I mean he's passed on which is unfortunate
2: but yeah it, it's hard it was hard on him and uh, we blame our dad totally but you know we were just weak children we were brought up by somebody's powerful and strong like that you, you're weak okay because you, you, you As an adult lady, you say, well, why didn't you push back against that guy? Why didn't you push back and say, hey, were you leaving Richard out of the band?' for? He's the only kid not in the band. Are you crazy? But you didn't talk like that to your parents.
0: Right, and he went to Vietnam, didn't he?
2: Yes, he did. And that must have been tough. Uh, You know, he just was trying to deal with this thing that happened to him between him and my dad. Uh, But what happened between them was going to define both of their futures together, you know, and it wasn't good. Uh, But it just... It just went on and on. I, I don't know. There's nothing we could do.
0: Do you think, I mean, your father had a, a hand in y- your start. I mean, your father is, was the manager and stuff and had a hand in mm-hmm. what you were doing earlier, but he was sure. also part of the downfall. Do you think if if it wasn't for him, the CalSos might have gone on to bigger and better things? Because as I kind of gut from the movie it seemed like one of the things that you said is that we got to do a lot of things but we only got to do them once because bud just made it impossible for right. us to
2: get back yeah no we we and we can analyze what happened I mean would we have had longer careers yes would we have had more success after we got on top after we made it yes we would have but the the father that brought it to the top and his problem was he didn't change now okay my way of the highway my kids great and we would come in and audition did break the door down, come in and come through for him. And that kind of can get you to the top in the old days. Hit the streets, be aggressive, don't give up, right? He's that. He gave that to all of us. But once you make it, you've got to change. He, he didn't know how to be on top. He didn't know how to run it. And he ran it right into the ground because he applied the same principles going up. Uh, you can't do that. you got to change once you get up there. They don't work anymore. you got to change. And he didn't learn that. So he took the whole thing down and he took it down and there was no, not going to be any stopping it because it was fragile while it was up you know and even with it it's fragile I mean three dog night has a great story it was never gonna work they were never gonna last it was three unique artists brought together by a record company a, a smart idea but not good people wise it was never gonna succeed now having said that I'm talking the people level three dog night had 13 hits Mm. 14 number one ever you know but if you talk to chuck it was a failure because people wise it failed and so our family we we survived we didn't fail we failed as the business and once the business died the family did have time to resurrect we lost some of us and uh you know the way you handled it was going to define your future Mm -hmm. but we're grateful that we're together as a family with love and happiness, and we survived a lot. It's just terrific to be here talking to you. Even. Mm. you know, it's just like, we're, we're just blessed.
0: On the CD, you have uh, this one song that wasn't written by the council. a man named Michael Coy.
2: Oh, Wayne Coy. Well, here's the story with...
0: Wayne, excuse me. I, was,
2: I, I don't know why I said yes. Michael. <laughs> That's okay. We, we co-wrote. We co-wrote everything Okay. Like, on the album, but, but Here's Wayne and my story, real quick, Largo Night, which is, by the way, on a chart in England at number 16. Oh, cool. I believe it, that heritage chart. Anyway, so Wayne Coy thought, uh, he was a manager we had in the 80s, and he decided and sat us down one day and told us we were not manageable. And disassociated from us, okay. And that was cool. And, and into the 90s, and we kind of went with him. And we understood what he was saying. We weren't listening to him though. Anyway, he gave me this piece of paper, folded up, a, a legal yellow legal page, and said, "Hey, check these out sometime when you get a uh, sometime. okay, and we said our goodbyes, and that was it for William and the Council. Eight years later, I was going through a bank bag of mine, and that paper was sitting in there. Eight years, and I opened it, and it said Largo Nights, and it was these lyrics to Largo Nights. And I go, well, that's what he handed me—a set of lyrics—and in. 20 minutes, I had music to it. And it became one of the songs to put on Rhythm of the World. And uh, that's a co-write. I wrote the music. Wayne wrote the words. That's how it came together. It's just a strange song in, the, in its history, but it's a terrific little song. We hmm. love it.
0: It's kind of funny, because I was I, I just I just noticed this. I'm looking at the CD jacket right now. I had looked at the CG jacket already, but I, I must have missed this part. And I was thinking Beach Boys during Largo Nights and that's what the first song that's noted in here is is resembling is beach boys lago night oh
2: our little confessional there our little paragraph of confessions. right it's right it's good. It's good. It's we kept saying it so much we thought let's write these down i mean who cares we all have influences yeah i mean lago night has the tropical flavor that we found for it and uh and, and these boys and yeah, the whole feel of it was uh, Kokomoish. Right, right. Kokomo-ish that's that's that what memory. I was thinking I'll when go I heard that. it. I don't know with that, but yeah, that album's full of, of, of moments like that. Oh my goodness. Well, the Hawks in exactly. a Line kind
0: of feels like a Rawhide song. It's got
2: that. Oh man, that was like yeah. The goal there was to to go western and not country western. Right. So we had that's a fine line to, to walk, and we got the western, uh, you know, good, bad, and the ugly kind of spaghetti. of course Dwayne Eddy guitar playing helped a lot there (laughs) yeah uh, tremolo guitar on that but yeah that's a very good western song we like that
0: Mm. well overall I I enjoyed the CD I'm hoping it does great for you I mean uh, I'm going to put it in my column recommend it as a Christmas present for folks because it's that time of year it's one of the things that they should uh, that should buy you know but we appreciate that you, you've got the Rhode Island connection. You're you know, you're in the Rhode Island Music Hall of Fame. You 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 know, you got your start playing on Bowen's Wharf and King's Park and around here.
2: Island. We'll be in Natick, Massachusetts, uh, uh, December seventeenth. Oh really? Where? Like, oh gosh, we packed, it? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm unprepared. I should know that's so, right. that's all right. We're in Sellersville on the eighteenth and Natick, Massachusetts on the seventeenth. Oh, cool! Wherever they have places, there there can be many of them. I <laughs> will have to check, and you can you can go to our Facebook page, our website, and find everywhere we are.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and hopefully, uh, uh,
2: thank you so much. We've sometime down out. the
0: road, we'll connect again, and maybe sometime we'll have you at the Rhode Island Folk Festival. <laughs> It,
2: it, it's gonna happen
0: it I happens. hope so appreciate but
2: it have fun in Branson thank you it's nothing but a fun time I gotta tell you
0: alright
3: Playing with fire in a dangerous game Dodge a bullet, cover up your tracks Play in the shadows of a sidebar Looking out the front door standing in the back to, to protect the light They lay the bodies Of a better life Off fall the profit Of an extra dime Every little secret Every little lie Every hidden corner In the back of your mind It's in every heartbreak You can't find Every little secret
0: Okie dokie, thanks to Bob Cowsill for being part of this episode of the Roots Report Podcast. For more about the Cowsills, their live shows, and their latest CD, Rhythm of the World, take the path of love to Cowsill.com. That's c o w s i l l dot com. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor R One Entertainment, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Gray Ale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SE Microphones. Thanks for listening.